is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. I was featured in my friend Marisa's Take Back 20 team uh, group call this month, and Marisa was so kind to let me use it in an interview for my podcast as well. And I wanted to share this because we talk a lot about imperfect summer eating because I know that you are going on trips and you're going to barbecues and holiday parties and all of these things, like all of these things where you cannot have your clean eating cookbook and you are not going to be, you're not going to have like Tupperware, right? Like you can't control every little detail of the way you eat. So in this interview, I really talk about like how to be flexible with how you eat, but still do those things that make you feel good when it comes to exercise, when it comes to food, how do we do this thing? So it's like, so it becomes a lifestyle, right? Like we always think we always do these diets. We're like, Oh, it's a lifestyle change, but it's like those giant overhauls never actually work. So in this interview, I really talk about like the small things that we can do, the messy practice that it takes and really becoming that person that we want to be. So it's not just like, cool, I'm doing my January diet or I'm doing my diet before I go on a trip, but like, how do I live my life in a way where I feel good and I don't actually have to go do a cleanse? I lose weight naturally because of the habits that I have built up. So I want to give you a heads up. I do have openings in my um, my own uh, Imperfect Summer Eating course. And this starts on Monday, July 15th, so you need to sign up for it by uh, Sunday, July 14th. Uh, this is the most affordable way to get started in working with me. It's a dollar a day. Um, we do uh, live coaching and individual coaching as well. But through this course, you will be able to go to a barbecue, go on vacation, go on a road trip, and actually feel good at the end of that. Actually, like, cool, I'm so glad I did this. I don't actually need to do a cleanse. So definitely check the show links for those details. All right, let's get started. Thank you for joining me. And as everyone knows, because I've posted it in my group a couple times, um, the first recording that Jacqueline and I did didn't work out because I didn't have enough uh, memory space in my computer, but I've solved that problem. Um, and actually, you know, it's kind of, um, it's ironic. Is that the right phrasing for it? Because we were talking about being imperfect and the fact that like recorded this whole conversation, which in my humble opinion was really amazing. Um, and then it didn't work out. It was like, damn it. Sometimes even with the best of intentions, when you plan things out and you have the time in your calendar and you just like, you know what you're going to do, then stuff just still doesn't work but that doesn't mean you just stop you just refocus recalibrate whatever and keep going forward so here we are again ready to have the same well not the same maybe it'll be even better conversation um so thanks for making the time Jacqueline and why don't we start off why don't you um just give people a little bit of background information about who you are and um kind of how you came into health coaching I guess yeah awesome well thank you for having me and I want to say too before I do that, <laughs> that I actually had something happen with recordings with my podcast and losing a whole bunch of episodes. And when I had to ask people to re-record, they were so forgiving and so like, oh, of course, like, of course. And I was so afraid of it. And it just goes to show this, like, like when we give ourselves compassion and we surround ourselves like with other people, like life comes out so much better than when we're expecting, like, no, it's supposed to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then I'm like, oh failure like everyone was like oh no cool like things happen and it's like yeah. that's kind of the same approach that we really need with food and exercise and like everything in life so 
that is not what I used to have. Like I used to be that like, no, it has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, it's the end of the world. And so how I became a health coach. So my background is actually in education. And so I was a teacher for seven years. Um, I taught elementary school and I just went through this period in my twenties and I guess my early thirties as well, where I just did not know how to take care of myself. And I poured all of my heart and soul and hours into work, into teaching, but no one ever taught me like, here's how to take care of yourself. You know, sleep is important. Eating vegetables are important. Drinking water is important. Um, and when maybe self-care was presented to me, like sometimes my principal would type it in a newsletter on Sunday, like our Sunday newsletter, which I like felt so much anxiety about reading, but it would be like, make sure you take care of yourself because we don't want you to miss school because if you miss school, we have to get more subs. And then that takes money out of our budget. So this self-care piece was always it was never actually, it was like, do this because if you don't do this, like you're going to mess up everything else. Not the take care of yourself because you as a human being, like you are important. Like that was not. Like take that. care of yourself because if you don't, it impacts me. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, there are just so many times like <clears throat> I didn't know how to take care of myself and I was working really long hours and I wasn't eating anything. Like I would go, you know, through the whole school day and not eat and I would get sick all the time. So it's like, I wasn't giving myself, I didn't even have like a fighting chance. Like when I look back, it's like, there's no way that I could have survived doing what I was doing. Just like on the basic level of like, I didn't eat all day. I was stressed out all the time. And then I would come home and I would be stressed eating and I wasn't sleeping, which contributed to more stress. And so I like really worked myself into this. Um, yeah, like I was just, I was sick all the time, like physically sick. Like I, I mean, I taught little kids. So I had like pink eye and strep throat and then like would go back to work without my strep throat being completely gone. Um, but like had to be back because I was getting phone calls, like, please come back to work. Like we need you here. So then my strep throat was turned into a throat infection. And so it was just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even want to think about <laughs> what germs did I spread <laughs> while I was at work fulfilling, you know, like the, the call that I would get. And so years of that, which is not taking care of myself, like I gained probably around 20, 25 pounds. Um, from stress eating, I was anxious all the time, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't, I cannot be here in this environment anymore. And I tried different, like, different environments for teaching, and I still kept finding the same thing. Like, I, I don't know how to do this. And so, it really set off around my 30th birthday. I was like, I need to learn how to take care of myself, and started getting into learning more about nutrition. I started running. I started like doing things for myself and running was really cool because it was the first time that I was like, I'm doing this for myself. I'm not gonna win the race. I don't have a coach holding my hand or like, or a teacher making me run. But it was like the first time that I was like, this is, you know, doing something for me, just for, for me and not like it, like that, like even, so we were saying that, like doing something for me, you're like, oh gosh, like, was I being selfish? But it's like, no, like <laughs> eating vegetables and getting sleep and going for on is there's no part of that that's selfish. But I think that, um, yeah, things are just so twisted the way that we talk about things and with work and I don't know. So that brought me. Can like, I interject for yeah. one second? Because I know you have an interesting story about running, which I really love is that um, it was like the first time that you committed to something and you didn't like quit on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, yeah, at the time, like I, um, I remember, so I moved to Chicago right after college and I always wanted to become a runner, whatever that means. And, but I would always see people running like on the lakefront here. And I was like, that would be so cool. Like that would be so cool if I was running. And so I kept like trying to do it and trying to do it. And I would start like couch to 5k, which is like a 5k training plan. And it would start it like a lot of times. I never finished it. Um, and then around that time for my 30th birthday, I was just like, I'm gonna sign up for a 5k. Like I can't even run a mile. I don't even care. I'm just going to sign up for a 5k. So I remember maybe like two weeks before the race is when I decided. And so I would like go out and I would just practice running. Like I wouldn't call it training. It was literally, I would just go outside and practice running three miles and see what that was like. And then, um, ran the 5k or, you know, completed the 5k. And it was like this first time, like I probably cried at the finish line because I was just like, I did it. Like, wow. Like I did this thing that was so hard, like so unbearably hard and something that I was so bad at in elementary school. And, you know, and like things were just not going well in my career that this was like, wow, I did this thing for me. And then that set off a I think I should run a marathon and like <laughs> me like signing up for a whole bunch of races and like, but kind of like that was the first time that I had done something for myself. And then same thing, training for the marathon. That was the first time that I committed to something. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was really cool. Nice. <laughs> and so now you focus on more on the nutrition side on helping people um, basically build imperfect habits. I suppose yeah. I'm going to, uh, sum that up. Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit about your experience with Whole30 and other kind of like fad diets and how um, that maybe affected your relationship with food. Yeah. So it's so interesting because there is a saying that like how you do one thing is how you do a lot of the things in your life. And so um, I didn't realize it at the time, but like looking back, I see the way I went about exercise that like, oh, I did a 5k. I think I should do a marathon now that like zero to 100 is the exact same thing I did with food. Um, wh what my nutrition used to look like was um, not eat anything all day long and then come home or grab McDonald's french fries on the way home, um, get home and eat like a package of raw cookie dough and maybe like we would order tacos or burgers or pizza or whatever and I would just feel so gross. Like all of this processed food. So what's the exact opposite of that? don't eat any processed food and do a whole 30. And so whole 30 is, um, at the time I was like, this is so healthy. I'm being so good. And the rules are for 30 days, eat only veggies, protein, and fat. Um, don't have any alcohol, don't have any grains, don't have any sugar. And so when you think about no it, like you either, right? No beans. Yeah. Beans, legumes yeah. are terrible. Yeah. Like none of those. Um, and if you're going to have fruit that it has to be with the meal. So you're not going to make like a, like a healthy paleo version of something, but literally just your plate is going to have veggies. So like half the plate veggies, protein, and then a thumb or two of fat and that's it. And so when you look at it like a whole 30 meal, it looks super healthy. You're like, yes, this is great. And it is like all of the meals are great. But then when you start to think about all of that, those restrictions of like that, of you are not allowed to eat any of these things. And if you eat one of these things, you mess up your whole 30. Now you need to start this over. I think the intentions of that was to test out food sensitivities, like 
get this clean slate and then see how your body reacts to these foods that like when, once you add them in, but that's not how people use whole 30. People use whole 30 to lose weight. And then what happens is um, a couple of weeks after whole 30, you're just like, I don't know how to eat. Like I don't even know how to eat anymore. And you start to include more of those processed foods that you weren't allowed to have until it turns into crap. I'm right back where I was. Like I completed this goal it's done. Now all of these bad habits have slipped back into my life. I'm back where I was. Or right after Whole30, there were times that like, like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go out and have, I think like, yeah, like maybe after my first one, I, I went out with friends and I had like a, a Bloody Mary and a mozzarella stick. I just remember being like so excited because I had no alcohol, you know, I had no fried food. So it's like the first thing that I'm eating. And then also after that, realizing like, oh my gosh, I feel so sick because I've had this clean slate of like, now it's not even enjoyable. Like my body feels disgusting eating that, but also I miss, I miss socializing. I miss all of those things. So I went from zero to 100 and I, it, there was, it was always this like all or nothing. It was very black mm -hmm. and white. Either I'm doing a whole 30 or I'm falling off the wagon and now I'm eating everything in sight. So that was probably like on and off for like two years where I just like, and I, my goal, again, my goal for Whole30 was to get to being skinny. Like I wanted to be a size two. I, you know, I want, I want to be like, I just had this image of like what I would look like if I was in the best shape of my life. And for me in my head, the best shape of my life meant my legs will be Barbie thin legs and also Whole 30, the, the lesson that I got from it was I can't trust myself around processed food because I keep seeing if I have a little bit of pizza, I have a lot of it of pizza. So I'm, I must not be able to be a person who can have pizza. Um, if I want to get to those Barbie thin legs, I have to cut out all of the processed food. Never go out to social functions, just eat my perfect meals. And that really messed up my life <laughs> for a really long time. Like that was not enjoyable whatsoever. So it's really interesting because this afternoon I had a one-on-one -on -one client and he was telling me has some struggles with food and actually he was referencing his brother at this point, but he was saying that um, his brother has um, not, has taken up pot from his diet and he can't, because um, he's trying to lose weight and he knows he drinks a lot of pop and he's like, he can't have any in the house or he will drink it all. It's all or nothing. He can't even have like fizzy water, sparkling water, club soda, anything, San Pellegrino, any of that will just... Um, knock him back and he'll just drink it all. And in my head, I was like, is that true? Or is that what he's told himself of like, I can't have any of this, so I'm not going to have any. And if I have one little thing, then the gates are just blown open and I'm having it all. But to be honest, I had another client to get to, so I didn't like dive into that conversation. But I know you and I were going to be having this conversation today. And I just thought like, oh, that's so interesting. A, because that's a male perspective and we don't often hear about that where a lot of the weight loss and food restriction and diet stuff tends to be female heavy. Um, or maybe that's just what we see because we're females. I think that men don't talk about it as much. Um, but also it's just interesting that it's so prevalent that, yeah. that mentality. It is. And I think the other thing too, is that it's, it's, um, it's told to you, it's market issue. Like I felt very much like I was told that I was like a sugar addict. Like I mm -hmm. felt like that is what was told to me. And I was like, you're right. This does keep happening. You're right. I must, I must be addicted to sugar. Like I must be addicted to processed food. Like, all right. Like, and I think because I, um, 
you know, I had no other experience. Like it was, it, it was literally just either I have none of it or I end up having all of it, but no one ever explains to me like, Hey, there's this place in the middle. And the reason you're not good at this place in the middle is because you have not practiced it. You have, you have never practiced. What is it like to have a little bit of pop without having all of it? What is it like to have a little bit of pizza without having all of it? And, um, or if like people would say like, Oh, just be moderate, you know, everything in moderation. I was like, well, after that, like that doesn't work for me. But again, no one ever explicitly taught me how to do that. And so I started to approach it like, okay, um, I, after my last whole 30, I remember we ordered pizza. I remember, well, first of all, I was pissed off because I didn't lose any weight on my last whole 30. And the reason I didn't lose weight because I was snacking, like I broke rules and I was snacking on like paleo food. And I was like, well, it's paleo. I can still eat this and lose weight. Like not well, at least there's a label on it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, cool. It's paleo. There's no sugar in it, but like there's still calories in it. Mm. And so me constantly snacking, looking back, it's like, huh, you were definitely missing something. Like you were feeling deprived of something that you kept snacking throughout the day. Like now I, I, I don't snack, I don't graze, but it was like, I was missing something. Now I have that wisdom to look back, right? Like hindsight. But at the time, so I finished the whole 30, hadn't lost weight. I was pissed off. We ended up, we ordered a pizza. We were living in Atlanta and we ordered the Chicago style pizza. And I was like so excited to eat it. And then like had like a slice. And I remember I posted it on Facebook and Instagram at the time where I was just kind of like talking about like um, stuff. And I had a blog at the time and I was writing and I was like, look, I can have a little bit of pizza. I don't always have to be perfect all the time. And it was kind of this like, like I was writing it for myself. Like, see, like Jacqueline, you can do this. Like you can be a normal person. But no, it wasn't true. I had that little bit of pizza. I ended up eating like half of an extra large pizza we went to the grocery store and we got like chips and cookies and um, like all of this food. And, and then I had, um, I remember eating this chocolate cake and it was like a grocery store chocolate cake. It's not like from a bakery. Mm. It was like this, like, it wasn't even like made in the grocery store. It was like one of the ones they bring in and they pretend as if they baked it. It wasn't good. And I remember eating it and being like, this doesn't even taste good. Why am I eating this? And so that was like, right, like that's the Saturday and Sunday binge. Monday, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I need to figure something out because I, like I can't keep doing this. I don't want to keep doing Whole30 where I'm only eating paleo, clean foods, but also this like binging on the weekend. Like I feel disgusting eating all of this processed food. Like there has to be something else. And so I remember I wrote like a blog um, and then I was just like, you know, I keep telling myself that I'm a binge eater. Like I keep telling myself I'm addicted to process. What if I stop that? What if I'm not a binge eater? Like what if I stop reinforcing that idea? Kind of like the, like, no, if I have a little bit, what if I stop telling myself those things over and over and over again? And you know, it's interesting because I had experience, I had evidence that I could change my identity from running because mm -hmm. I had never been a runner before. But once I started telling myself, well, maybe, you know, you are running. Maybe you can do this. Maybe you can, you know, like, so I had some evidence that I could change who I was. And it was based on like, you can do hard things, Jacqueline, you can do this, you can do this. So I was like, okay, how do I take that and apply that to food? And so it was like, you know, I wrote like, what if I'm not a binge eater? If I'm not a binge eater. That means I can have processed food. That means I can have sugar. 
but how do I do that without it turning into this like disgusting weekend? So it really started with like, it was very methodical at the time. Um, I struggle when sometimes I read some of the stuff that people put out there about intuitive eating. They're like, just let yourself eat anything. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think sometimes having a little bit of structure can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, I think about a, a kindergarten classroom, like, there's some books that'll tell you, like, just let the kids learn. It's like, well, no, it's like kids need structure. We enjoy structure. We don't enjoy really tight boxes and the, like, like if you mess up, you're a failure. So anyways, mm -hmm. the structure I provided to myself was like, okay, cool. I just binge on this entire pizza. What if I start letting myself have single serving pizzas? And I like wrote up every Friday. So every Friday I would let myself have a single serving pizza and it was not as good <laughs> as a big pizza. But I also knew that the big pizza wasn't even that good because it doesn't feel good to eat half of an extra large pizza. Like that doesn't like you're eating and you're like, this doesn't taste good. I feel disgusting. So I remember being like, okay, this pizza is like 80% good. It's not hundred percent good, but it's decent. And so I would use, I would go to Trader Joe's and I would get these, um, they had lavash bread and it was like, I don't know, I think it was like 150 calories for the square. And I know calories scare a lot of people. It actually helps me. So I could see like, okay, it's 150 calories. And I knew like a bowl of oatmeal was 150 calories or like, like I was like, okay, if I'm allowed to have oatmeal, I could have this bread and I could put some cheese on it. And I literally would like measure out the cheese. And again, it was very methodical. Someone might've looked at it and been like, Oh, you look kind of crazy. But at that point, like that was kind of the scaffolding that I needed to prove to myself, look, you can eat pizza. Jacqueline, you can eat a little bit of pizza without it turning into a lot of it of pizza. And I don't know at the time, like I think at the time I thought, Oh, I'll just have to eat these single serving pizzas for the rest of my life. Like I didn't know, like, <laughs> I just was like, this is just what I'll do. I'll always have single serving pizzas. But no, it grew from there. Like it was that, and then I would like I would make like pita bread pizzas, and then um, I was I was a nanny at the time actually, and they would have pizza at their house, and so I was like, okay, like I'm I'm gonna try eating their pizza, and look, I didn't binge, and so it was like really slow steps, and now it's like we order, we are back in Chicago, like there's pizza everywhere, we order a regular size pizza from a regular pizza place. Um, and I am able to have that and it's, um, I left out a part. I'm not just eating the pizza. I'm also eating a giant salad. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I completely left that out. And that's like the biggest part is I realized that, um, looking back, the reason I was like overeating all these foods, like especially, and even when I was a teacher, I'm, I'm overeating, I'm going crazy on all this food. Just like, don't, I didn't eat any vegetables. Like no one taught me that basic thing like, hey Jacqueline, he, these are vegetables. They're full of fiber. If they're raw, there's tons of water in them when you eat them. All of that like helps fill you up. Hey Jacqueline, this is protein. I know that like you could eat a protein bar you could, or you could just have some chicken and you could have some eggs. And these are the foods that are high in protein. Like no one ever taught me that. And so when I started building meals of like, I'm always going to have vegetables. I'm always going to have protein. And I'm going to practice. I'm going to have my single serving pizza. Um, so I'm not getting full on the single serving pizza, but it's like the giant salad that tastes delicious combined with the pizza. Like it's this 
decent meal where I'm like satisfied and I'm also like my um like my emotional my taste buds like that's satisfied also like I'm full I'm not overly full and I'm also not starving where I'm continuing to snack so like it was really methodical getting from that from zero to 100 back to like that place in the middle but now it's like I have so much trust built up because of all of those things and because I like I went about it kind of methodically yeah that's awesome. So one of the reasons why I wanted to do this chat with you now in July is because obviously with the summer, people going on like road trips and vacation, camping, just out of routine. I think summer is so typical for people to just be like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to eat all the things and like, I don't care. And then we'll refocus in September. Um, and I know I've, I mentioned in the group, but I've had this chat with you too, Jacqueline, that like September is like uh, New Year's for trainers. Like we know that people are gonna be like, okay, time to get back on track. I know that I'm gonna have new inquiries in September and like people, and even marketing, like you'll see on your Facebook ads and stuff, there'll be a ton of marketing for like getting in shape and like getting back in routine and all this stuff because this is just natural cycles that people go in. But my hope is working with the people in my Take Back 20 team that we um, have done so much work over the last couple of months around building consistency on exercise and nutrition choices that like, this continues into the summer. And so this um, kind of led perfectly into what you teach and coach around finding um, progress through imperfection and figuring out how to uh, work that imperfection into your life. So I know the last time we chatted, you had a couple of different strategies that you were sharing. Um, and I wonder if you can go into them because one of them I, I talked about in the group, but I, I messed it up because I'm not you and I didn't have to say it so eloquently. So one was the three P's and then there was another one that you talked about last time, which is like escaping me at the moment, but I know you probably remember it. So maybe yeah. you could touch on those. For sure. Yeah. So I'm so glad you said this though, about the, like, we, we like slack during the summer. Right. And then like the rebirth of like, okay, cool in the fall. And then what happens? Okay, cool. We're slacking down into the holidays, into, you know, into winter and then like, Oh, you know, yeah. But it's like, like, I think at a point you're just like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so sick of this. And we think if you stop thinking, what am I doing for the next 30 days, but rather where do I want to be in the next three years? Do I still want to be dealing with this shit three years from now? Like that's, that's especially where I was like, I do not want to be afraid of food anymore. I do not want to have to find an, like a new diet to do. This is so annoying where I was just like, I just want to, I want food to be normal. Like I just want food to be normal. And if food is normal, um, I'm allowed to eat anything. And so I think that the hard thing is that we think that getting healthy means never eating processed food. Mm. We think we think getting healthy means going on a diet. We think it means like we, you know, we picture our vegetables and we picture, you know, throwing everything out that's in the pantry, but it's like that's like that happens like our pantry gets full of that shit because we are on this like so I think you said like let's let's just be consistent and consistent does not mean perfect. Consistent um, like I would say I've been pretty consistent with exercise in the last few years, but I have not been perfect, but like I've been moving my body for the last few years before I had never moved my body. So I like to think about with food, like food just stays normal. Wherever you go, it just stays normal. That means you're allowed to have that margarita when you're on vacation. That also means you're also allowed to have margarita when you're at home. 
right? And so it's just like, I think about when I'm about to eat something, how do I want to feel at the end of this meal? How do I want to feel? Do I want to feel like shit or do I want to be like, cool, that was a great meal? And it's usually that one. <laughs> like, I want to be like, that was a great meal. Because when I think back to when I was eating packages of cookies, I was never like, that was a good decision. It was never, you know, it was never an enjoyable experience. But like, if I'm going to get a margarita, I want it to be delicious. Um, so I think about a couple things. So one, wherever you go, everywhere in life, I'm looking for plants. I'm looking preferably vegetables. That's not always possible when you're on a road trip, like if you need refrigeration, but preferably, uh, vegetables. Uh, so plants, so, you know, carrots, salad, zucchini, whatever, um, or apples, bananas, those things, you know, that don't need refrigeration. Again, that fiber is going to help you. It helps you go, helps you go poop when you're on vacation. <laughs> a very important thing. Very, very important. If, um, like we were just in Mexico a couple weeks ago and I knew like, mm, there's not going to be as many raw vegetables as I eat when I'm at home. So I made sure I brought my little powder, like my greens powder. It's like amazing grass, it's like a dollar serving or I get one from Target. But like, I'm always going to make sure that I have some plants in my day. Then I'm looking for protein. So these are three P's. So plants, protein. Um, again, with Mexico, uh, there were some days that I did have a protein shake. Like I just mixed my greens and my protein powder and water. It was not the most delicious thing, but it was kind of the thing that I was doing for myself. Or if we're going out to dinner or a meal, cool, I'm going to have the tortilla chips, but I'm going to make sure that whatever I'm eating, it's going to have protein on it. it it's really hard to feel full if you're only eating processed food. It's like, that's why I <laughs> was eating like everything in sight before. So I'm looking for plants, I'm looking for protein, and then I'm gonna have a little bit of that processed food. That processed food helps me enjoy the meal there. And also it really prevents me from binging later on. It prevents me, like having a little bit of pizza prevents me from eating a giant pizza on day 31. I just have a little bit of pizza every day or have a little bit of chocolate every day. Um, so this three Ps, I've used this with travel extensively. We have, we've been traveling so much in the last year. Um, we left Atlanta in July of 2018, and we did a road trip uh, through the South, so Southern um, United States. So we were in just like places where fried food was very abundant. And so mm -hmm. I know when I go to a restaurant, they might not have um, the giant salads that I make at home. They might, that might not be a really tasty entree. So how can I be creative with this? So a couple things. Um, while we're on a road trip, like, you can stop at a grocery store and get, like, baby carrots and hummus. So I'm getting some plants in there. Or, like, a can of chickpeas. Like, I'm getting, you know, some fiber from that and some protein from that as well. Um, so I might make, like, maybe we make our lunch, but we'll go out for dinner. Or maybe when we go out for a meal, maybe we're going to get something. We're going to get the fried chicken, but my husband and I are going to split the giant salad and we're going to eat the fried chicken. So we're getting our plants and we're getting our protein and our process with the fried chicken. And we're getting to experience those different cultures, right? Because so, food isn't just food isn't just fuel, food isn't just like, let's eat healthy. It is like this cultural experience. And I would be so sad if I was traveling through the South and I didn't get to eat some of this amazing fried food. Like I would be so sad. And so we, I used the three Ps when we traveled there. Um, we went to Thailand for three weeks for our honeymoon last November. 
same thing. Like you can feel it in your body when you haven't eaten vegetables, like you can feel it. And so we were eating a lot of street food and there were, then I'd be like, you know, I really need a salad. And we would find like an American restaurant and I would just get a salad from there and then also get to, you know, eat the pad thai, eat the, the, the meat on a stick. Um, or let's see what else. While we were in Thailand, there was a lot of um, street cars with fruit. And so we're, I'm looking for those things. And then most recently went, we did a 35 day road trip from Chicago to LA up to Seattle and back. And it's the same thing. Like we, um, we stayed at Airbnbs and we stayed at like hundred dollar hotel rooms. And I'm looking for opportunities that I can eat vegetables because I know when we go to a restaurant, we're going to eat like whatever is popular in that region and vegetables might not be the thing that's on the menu. That's super fancy and exciting, but I, that's the kind thing that I do for my body. Like it's not, it's not fun and it's not kind to eat fried food every single day. Like you, you don't feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think too, like we learned from our past, there were plenty of times that we had gone on road trips or went to Mexico or all inclusives or whatever, where I did just eat the fried food and drink all of the sugary drinks and then have to go take a nap. So it's like, I just spent hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars to be here. Now I'm taking a nap because I don't feel good from the food I just ate. So it was like, I have to, so food stays normal, pretty normal-ish. <laughs> um, but like, those are the kindest things that I can do for myself. And just simplifying it like that. Where can I get plants? How can I fit this in? It's gonna be imperfect, it's not going to, you know, you're not gonna measure things in a food scale, but just going with it. I love the, your, like the three Ps, because I love that you're purposeful about adding the process stuff in there because I feel like when you you're intentional and you know it's part of how you're eating it's just realistic that either a you you it hits some craving or some sweet tooth or salty tooth or whatever but it's like when you allow it then it's not bad you don't have this guilt around it it's like no this is part of my intentional eating I'm practicing not being perfect I'm practicing putting the energy and the focus on protein and plant but I'm also allowing this so then it just stops these wild swings from happening um, and, and hopefully over time, there might be a few bumps up and a few bumps down, but yes. you kind of like, um, calibrate in the middle. So I'm so glad you said that too, though, because it wasn't like, I didn't finish a whole 30 and then write that blog post about like, I don't want to be a binge eater anymore. And it was like, poof, I'm not a binge eater. No, there were still times that like, 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 no, I completely messed up. I remember we went to Destin, Florida. It was the short drive from Atlanta. And like, I had all of these intentions of like, cool, I'm going to do this. And then falling into the, the OF it mindset, right? So like, like it takes time to switch that mindset and to be intentional and the guilt around food. Like if you've been thinking that way of like good and bad for several years or several decades, that it takes time to unlearn those and relearn a different way to train your mind to think about food. But yeah, so like, there were so many highs and lows. So it was like high, low, high, low. And then it was like, okay, high, low. And then it just became gradual. Mm -hmm. Like food is normal. And I wouldn't even say like, I, so I think that's a big part of like imperfect eating. Your journey to getting to normal is imperfect. And even when you're at normal, it's not like this. It's like, do, 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 do. Mm -hmm. like, um, I'm going to say, when we were in Thailand, I had coconut ice cream for breakfast one day. That's not something, you know, that doesn't fit in any of the three Ps. That's, you know, like that's, 
that's not what I usually eat for breakfast in America, but like it sounded delicious in Thailand for breakfast. It was like a hundred degrees outside and there was a guy selling Coke and ice cream. Yeah. I think I'm need some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the other acronym that you had? Um, you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Uh, cause you mentioned that last time and I really liked it. Yeah. So I call it eating with ease and this helps me kind of with you with the, the guilt around food and the, um, so one of the biggest things, and I, uh, let me just throw a bunch of cliches out there. So <laughs> I like to think about everything that happens to us or everything that happens in our life or whatever um, as uh, wins or lessons. So we don't have losses. All of those things that we messed up, they're not losses, they're lessons. So when I look back on Whole30, I can say, like, I can play this victim of like, oh, it ruined my life for two years. Maybe I said that earlier, but like, no, I learned stuff about myself. I learned what doesn't work for me. It was a lesson. Whole 30 was a lesson for me. And one of the positive lessons that I got from it was that you're not supposed to feel like shit after eating. Like you're actually, like food is actually um, fuel, food, like calories. Um, the, the literal definition of calories are units of energy. And so when I started like, oh, food is energy, right? I was like, interesting. Like food is supposed to energize my day. I'm not supposed to feel sluggish after eating meal. I actually am supposed to be like, oh, I ate something. Now I like have energy. Mm-hmm. So that was like a mindset shift around food. And so eating with ease is an acronym I use. So E, when you're eating something, um, you want it to be an experience. You want to experience whatever it is you're eating versus mindless. So like I can experience eating one cookie and have this amazing experience with it. I also can shove the cookie in my mouth and not taste anything and be like, now I need another cookie. So I, anytime I eat any food, I want it to be an experience. So when possible, I'm going to, you know, cut off distractions. I'm not going to say that I'm perfect by that with, uh, all the time, but like ideally not distracted eating, experience the stuff that you're eating. Um, the next one is add health instead of add stress. So E-A-S-E. A is for add health. So again, if I'm going to eat, I think about that as a couple ways. One, um, the actual like micronutrients that you're getting from food, the nutrients, the macronutrients, also just the social, like food um, has a social component, a community, a cultural, a historical. So me going out to get drinks with a friend, you know, the sugar and the alcohol in the drink might not be the healthiest uh, on the nutrition label, but like me being able to socialize, that to me adds health. That adds health to my life. For so long, I socially isolated myself because I was afraid of going. Um, The next one, so it's E-A-S. Now I'm like, what's my acronym? (laughs) Um, Oh, no. Okay, well, you're going to think about it. I just want to pop in and comment on the yeah. ad health piece because I yeah. think that's awesome. So Jacqueline mentioned macro, macronutrients, which uh, just to reiterate, if you don't know, that's the carbohydrate, protein, and fat. Those are the big three that make up any food. So thinking about if you have those three things represented in your meal, that's one way to add health. But I just love the component of maybe this meal or this outing, whatever, isn't adding like the nutritional health to you, but it's adding an important social piece. Maybe it's, although you shouldn't necessarily rely on food for stress release, certainly connecting with people um, is a form of stress release. And it is that community, that connection, that's really important. 
And I think that looking at it from that lens also helps alleviate the guilt. So you're like, okay, I went out and had drinks and mozzarella sticks and it's not like healthy food, they're bad foods, which hopefully, you know, we can move past that. But like acknowledging that there is a health component to that, even if, as long as it's something you're not doing like four nights a week, um, allows you to just be like, no, that was important. I don't do that all the time. That was like, there was a purpose to that. And I was being mindful and, you know, um, it, what was the first one? E, like enjoy. Yes, yeah. So there is value in that. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, for so long I didn't. Like I was like, no, it's not. It's not whole food approved. I can't do this. Yeah. Well, what's the point of being health, healthy? You can't go socialize. Like you're just sitting in your home like, look, I'm so healthy. Sitting in my corner of my, cool, great. That's, that's a fun life. Okay. So the next one S is satisfied. So leaving a meal and actually feeling satisfied versus searching. So even, so that's like a couple things like satisfied, like, like my cravings are satisfied. I'm actually full. And so when I look back at that time, when I was constantly snacking after my whole 30 meals, it's like, I wasn't satisfied. I was, there was something missing. And then I would end up like, I would end up overeating paleo foods at times instead of like, if I had probably just like added some pasta to the meal, it, it would have added that satisfaction component. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is energized, E for energized versus being in a food coma. Like I, like I want, I want to experience, add health, feel satisfied and feel energized. And so I can, I can go out with friends, you know, get the mozzarella sticks and a drink and I can leave there being like, this was a great experience. I'm not in a food coma. Um, this added help. Like I, I know what to do and I probably wouldn't just get mozzarella sticks. I would probably get a salad with, you know, protein or, or chicken with, or something because I know I'm not going to get full of mozzarella sticks. I know like cheese and breading, like I'm probably not going to get full. And if it's after work, I, I want to do something for myself. I want to get full. So like, but like approaching it like that has just helped me. I don't binge. I don't count calories. I don't use a food scale. Um, there's no foods that are off limits. Um, I don't feel like shit after eating. And like, I know I can go anywhere in the world and I can go to my parents' house and not feel nervous. Like that was a big thing. I used to feel so nervous. I just used to feel so nervous about everywhere I went in life. And now it's like, I don't, I don't even have to think about it. It's become so automatic of just like, I'll just do the best I can and whatever that looks like great moving on with life. Yeah. I think that the last one around feeling energized is important. I, well, I mean, all the pieces are important, but for me, I think about like when I'm done a meal, not that I would necessarily go exercise because that might be a little bit intense if you just had dinner, but like you should be able to go for a walk. And if you feel too lethargic, like you need to sit down, you need to digest, watch Netflix, or you've had too much alcohol. So you don't, you feel kind of like, eh, I don't want to go out and do anything that's maybe a sign that like you overdid it on the food or the alcohol front. But if you could like finish your meal and be like, yeah, let's go for a walk or, you know, then that's a good sign that like you ate enough and a walk will help you digest too. But if you feel the need to like sit down and like put your stretch pants on, maybe next time you can practice eating yeah. just a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that too, like using the things that happen are like to teach us, something instead of using it to demonize like oh you're an f up like you can't do anything right which is like oh ooh, i don't feel so and that was another thing too when we were in thailand i remember 
I think we were walking for a really long time and we sat down in a shopping mall. Have you ever been to Thailand? Their shopping malls are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah they're weird. <laughs> There's like so many restaurants and we ended up eating Korean food in this shopping mall in Thailand. I know. But like, I, I think I hadn't eaten anything. I arrived to the meal, was like so excited, ate it so fast. And then, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I ate so much rice. So then it was like, oh, okay, cool. You need to slow down next time you're eating. Like that was literally it. There was no keep going. You feel like crap, you know, one tire slash, slash all three of them. It was just a uh, oh, I don't feel so good. I think I'm going to drink some water and go for a walk because this doesn't feel good. Yeah. So, okay, to sum up your tips, your approach, your strategy, um, the eating with ease is, let me see if I can remember it. Oh, shoot. Now, now I'm on the spot. The first one, E, was on it should be an experience. Yeah. A is that you should add health to it. Yes. Um, S is that you're satisfied. And then E is that you're energized. You got it. Better than me. (laughs) And then the three P's are um, plant, protein, and process. Mm -hmm. So those are, oh, and then the the third piece, I guess, is practicing being imperfect and being okay with the ups and the downs, knowing that if you practice enough, these ups and downs are going to slow into small waves, into small ripples, into something. You know, I'm still doing this exactly. because I, like the other day I was talking to a friend and I like bought a bag of, um, what is it, that Chicago mix, that like sweet and salty popcorn. Mm. And I was like, I'll just have a little bit. And then like 40 minutes later, I was like, nah, I eat something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I don't normally do that. Why did I do that? And it's like you said, it's an opportunity to learn and be like, okay, that I wasn't paying attention. I was like eating it while I was on the computer, while I was doing other things. Like I wasn't being focused on what I was doing. I wasn't in the experience. I was just like shoveling yeah. in. And then all of a sudden you're reaching for the bottom of the bag and you're like, hmm, okay, I see where I went wrong here. I see where I can make a different decision next time. Yeah. Um, so is there any other strategies or tips or tools or anything that you would suggest for people over the summer? Did I, did I catch them all in that? Those, those are the big ones. And I think what you said too about the practice that like just – Instead of thinking, well, a couple things, like think like, where do I want to be with food a year from now? So it's like July, where do you want to be with food in July, 2020, right? And so if you don't want to, and I, I think that counting macros is the tool, counting uh, calories can be a tool, but it's like a year from now, do you want to be doing that? You know, where do you want, how do you see yourself with food a year from now? And then thinking about, the summer is actually something that you're going to need to practice. Going on vacation is something you're going to need to practice. Like if, unless you picture this life where you're literally just going to sit in your house and never do anything fun where you can't control every variable, these are things that you have to practice. So like, instead of saying like, uh, F it, it's summer being like, Oh, it's summer. I want to do this thing for myself because I don't want to, you know, be searching for a new diet next year. I want things, I need that practice. And I think too, just like knowing like, yeah, it's going to take a couple months of practice, several months, like the rest of your life to practice this thing. Like, like yoga and yoga, they call it like practicing yoga. Right. So like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You get stronger, right? Like you get stronger. Things are more automatic things that refine it. Yeah. So that, but just approaching it like that instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like for, for my take back 20 team anyway, like 
we've been practicing and working on things since December, January. So it's just like, just cause it's July, doesn't mean that like, okay, bye, see ya. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll refocus in September. It's like, this is a perfect opportunity to practice when maybe traditionally in the past you would have been like, you're right. Like that one tire has a flat, let's just slash them all and get a new car in the fall. Yeah, exactly. It's so silly when you think about it that way, really. <laughs> I know, but I used to do it. <laughs> okay, so if you guys want to follow Jacqueline on social media, she posts a ton of really great content that summarizes and reiterates and reminds you about all of these concepts and stuff. So you can find her at, what's your Instagram? Yeah, it's Jacqueline.Rickio.Stover. And they can see your name on the bottom of the Zoom call, but I will link you um, under the call as well. And then um, you have a couple of, like free resources, I think, that they can uh, access from your website or from your Instagram. Can you just tell them what it is? Yeah, on my Instagram, um, I have two things. So one, I have uh, an eating more veggies cheat sheet. So it's like 10 super easy ways to add more vegetables to your day. They're not recipes. They're more just like, mm, like different ways to think about vegetables. And so mm -hmm. in the past I was like, look, there's spinach on my pizza. That counts as a vegetable. Like, no, <laughs> like, no, that was like a slice of spinach. So, <laughs> and then also like spinach in your smoothie, like that's cool. You know, I eat the greens, I have the greens power powder, but like how to actually like experience vegetables and eat them and enjoy them. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other one is 20 quick and easy and perfect eating meals. So I have some favorites that are in that guide. Um, I have single serving nachos, um, which is something I had to practice eating and I have my single serving pizza in there as well. Um, so yeah, those are some tips there. Both those guides are on my Instagram in the bio. Cool. And they're, so the Instagram links to your website, right? Yeah. Okay. So I will link your Instagram, but then I'll also maybe link your website. So then cool. if people want those guides, they can download them from there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for taking time again uh, to record this. And hopefully when I press stop and my computer has enough space uh, to save it so then I can upload it into the group. But I really appreciate your time and also your insight and expertise. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. No problem.